Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. topics we'll talk about should a presidential candidate or any candidate for that matter do they have to be likable in order for you to elect them do they have to be like someone you would have a drink with Uh, we'll also talk about um, do people value relationships a very smart mattress that's right like a mattress you buy for your bed we'll discuss Affluenza, boycotts, whatever we have time to get into on tonight's Talk to Q radio show. But first, let me give you an idea of what this show is all about for those who may be new to it or maybe just haven't been here in a while. This show is a platform for you. The callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers, all of you have the opportunity to voice, chat, or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like relationships, current events, sports, politics, and more. This show is very informal by design because, let's face it, My style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. The call-in number to step on your soapbox is 347-202-0215. That's 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, simply hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak, and it places you in the host queue. 
And please mute your phone if you're not speaking at the time because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that occurs during the show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or the show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 590 starts right after a word from my official sponsor, Forever Letter. Sometimes, it's easier to express ourselves in a letter. Telling those we leave behind how we really feel can be stressful. But with Forever Letter, it doesn't have to be. Imagine being told that your life is now being measured in months and not years. You want to be able to say everything that is weighing on your mind to your loved ones in a way that will be cherished and remembered. Forever Letter has made the process of your final words easier to deal with, with a service that is secure and delivered on the date of your choosing, and can be delivered out to three years. The process is easy and user-friendly with different options available, such as choosing the stationery or recording a virtual message. Whatever method you choose, Forever Letter can help create a lasting and final memory for those you leave behind. It's important for all of us to say goodbye, whether you're healthy or sick, because tomorrow is not promised to any of us. Your Forever Letter will remind them that life can be a beautiful journey with words that last forever. Call 844-LETTER-4, foreverletter.life, bringing life to your words. My thanks to Forever Letter for being the official sponsor of tonight's Talk to Q radio show. 347-020-0215 is the number to join. Uh, just a follow-up on a story we did, I believe this is a little over a year ago, about the kid, Ethan Couch, who got drunk and ran over some people in Texas, and he claimed that affluenza was the reason um, he shouldn't be held responsible for those deaths. Affluenza is basically a term that means I'm too rich to know better because people have always bailed me out all my life, which is stupid. But on Wednesday, April 13th, a judge ordered the Texas teenager um, to serve almost two years in prison, which is kind of a surprising sanction that exceeds the punishment the prosecutors were initially saying they were going to pursue. Um, he was appearing in court for as an adult for the first time since he turned 19 on Monday, and he's going to get 180 days for each of the four deaths in the June 2013 crash. He had a violation of probation issue, fled the country, went to Mexico, all the good stuff. And for killing four people, he's going to do almost two years. Yeah, I still think that he's getting over. To the phone lines, I will go to the 248 area code. The Motor City of Detroit. Whoops, I'm sorry. Looks like she dropped off. Got me playing her theme song for nothing. I shall go to the 850 area code. The Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. To welcome on the man in black making his way to the ring. Buck, what's happening, man? <laughs> what up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. How's it going with you? Been outstanding, sir. All right, cool, cool. And, man, they, last month, the National Environment Research Council opened a poll, 
and they poll people on the internet to ask them what they should name their new boat. There's a huge boat that they're launching overseas, and, you know, they wanted to let the people decide what the name of the boat should be. So they just open it wide open, you choose a name, and people will vote for it. Well, the winning name got 124,000 votes, four times more than any other name. Guess what they named the boat? Bodie no McBoat McBoatface. Bodie McBoatface. That's that. That was the winning vote. Now I'm pretty sure they're not going to go with that name, uh, which kind of defeats the purpose of even having the contest. Because I mean, if they want to call it Bodie McBoatface, that's what they voted for. But uh, it just goes to show when you give the public an option to do something and you want them to do something great, they'll let you down every time. This is why I don't agree with the letting the public vote for the Pro Bowl. <laughs> but yeah, Bodie Mac boat face. So um in other news, but ja- Janet Jackson has indefinitely postponed her tour in order to plan her family. Right? Whatever mm-hmm. that may mean. But people who bought tickets for her tour aren't getting a refund. Now, the concert okay. venues are saying that, well, she didn't cancel the tour. She just postponed it. How do you feel about that, man? It's like, all right, you have no idea. When she says plan her family, she might have a kid and wait until the kid is 18 years old before she goes out on tour again. Shouldn't these people get their money back? Well, how old is Janet Jackson, by the way? Because I, I can't remember. Yeah. Isn't she like 49? All right. And she just now deciding to plan a family. Is she planning on having kids? I see. I don't know what that means. What plan plans a family means? So, and no, and because no one knows what that means, it's like, don't these people get their money back? The people need to get their money back for this. I mean, I know Janet Jackson should know that. Um, you, if you indefinitely postpone something, um, then you don't get to live off that money. You have to. Well, it's not really her. It's the, it's the venues, the places, you know, the the different concert venues that kept the money. Yeah, well, they need to. Those people don't get to live off that money either. So, in my opinion, they need to refund the money until she decides that she's gonna have the cut. You know, go back on tour. It's not right for them to keep the money because she indefinitely postponed it. That's just not yeah. right. It's not fair. So, I think she should speak up for the fans, if you ask me, to get them their money back. I totally agree. Okay, but I mean, that's that's just a crazy story to me. I, I'm at first I thought it was it was something that she was doing, but then I realized that it wasn't, and so hopefully they'll get that straight, man. Because you know Janet tickets aren't cheap. You're gonna pay three, four, five hundred dollars for a good Janet seat, and there's some people probably pay up to a thousand dollars if they want to get near that stage, and um, I would have to have my money back. So, I agree. All right. We'll go ahead and get into our topics. 347-202-0215 is the number. Last weekend, Hillary Clinton beat some dudes in a game of dominoes up in Harlem. Uh, she rode the subway. Her and Bernie Sanders rode the subway that week. I think it was yesterday Hillary Clinton did an interview 
and um, on a black radio station, predominantly black radio station. And they asked her to name something that she carries around with her at all times. And she said hot sauce, which is something black people have been stereotyped to do. Uh, I mean, she she did all this, I guess, but just to try to show that, hey, you know, the candidates were just like you as far as your everyday life. After a long day of work, you know, we go home and do just like you do. Do you think presidential candidates playing dominoes, riding a subway, and all that good stuff make them more relatable to you, therefore making you more likely to vote for them? In certain aspects, I would think so. I mean, you know, if you're never in that position of politics or anything in that, you know, high society or where you make six, seven, eight figures, then you really don't, I mean, you can only assume what their lifestyle is. Well, you really don't know. So if you've never been in that position, there's no no way you can relate to them. So maybe, in you know, by her telling a lot of people, you know, middle class and, you know, lower, or maybe even, you know, some that are well off, they just don't know how some people live. Not every, everybody that makes seven or eight figures go out and buy five to ten cars, three or four houses, or they have this big, huge mansion. Some of them live practical lives just like the rest of us. Right. So that's what I do. By her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's basically what she's saying. She, you know, a lot, you know, a lot of people don't think that rich people play dominoes or play cards or, you know, have normal lives, or, you know, or interact with other people on a day-to-day basis. Because uh, a lot of a lot of us think that people of you know of great wealth or Untouchable, or they don't, you know, they don't look at society the same way that we do, and that's not necessarily the case. You know, I can only assume that, you know, since Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton have, you know, worked their way up, in, you know, in society, you know, maybe she's trying to connect to the voter, showing them that hey, we were where you guys were. We were just fortunate enough to. You know, come up higher. We do some of the same things you guys do. Maybe they enjoy a night of TV when they get home, you know, and watch certain TV shows. Or maybe they like spending time in the park, even though they got Secret Service guys hanging around them. Um, You know, hang out together and do things like that. And we just don't know that element that they have because, you know, we're not in that position. So, by her doing this, by playing cards, riding the subway, you know, playing dominoes rather not cards, or and doing those kind of kind of things to try to let the American people know that hey, we're just like you guys. We want some of the same, you know, we do some of the same things you guys do. So just don't think for a second that that's not what we do, and you know, we can relate to you and let you, you know, and we're here, you know, we know what the American people need. So. I figured, you know, I guess her way of showing that, hey, we're just like you guys, you know, she was able to do the, you know, she decided that this was a good idea to go out there and ride the subway and play dominoes with people and, you know, be on radio shows, you know, of Afro-American origin just to show the people that, hey, we're here for you, you know, we're going to be behind you. Okay. And... On Facebook, my man Rod Walker from New Orleans chimed in and said, um, you left off if they play a saxophone on the Arsenio Hall show. 
which is a 25-year-old reference to Bill Clinton. Pretty good. On Twitter, King Merriweather chimed in and said, not if it's Hillary deliberately pandering. So he says that Hillary is faking the funk. And Verna Harris chimed in on Twitter says, no, just show them, no, it just shows them pandering. Them do, they do stuff that they don't normally do. Doesn't make them relatable. So there's some people who think that they're doing it just to try to get some attention, and they really don't mean it. But um, so let me ask you this, because a lot of people think you got to have someone who's relatable. Some people think you got to have a career politician be president. Some people think that you have to have a businessman or businesswoman be president. Who do you think is the best fit to be a president, Buck? Um, a career politician, a businessman, or a businesswoman, or someone who is an everyday smoke just like you and me? Well, business, a businessman or businesswoman would be, be fine to be president, but I don't think they would have I mean, just I don't think they have enough expertise as it comes to the presidency. And of course, right now in today's time, I don't think anybody has enough expertise to run the country. To be honest with you, simply because a lot of us, you know, a lot of people, fail to realize that the president is not to run the run. The president is only one of the entities. You know, it takes a, a a collective effort to run this country. It's not just the president. His chiefs of staff, his his national security advisor, the House and the Senate. All of those together work as one unit to run the country. Supposedly. And supposedly. And the House of Representatives and the Senate is where all the laws are actually signed and put into law or you know, are, are not signed and put into law. The president, all he can do is veto it, and then they got to go back to the drawing board. When the American people can understand that, then I think we will understand that there it, it'll be a it would be better for us. The, a lot of people in the House House of Representatives and Senate have been there for years, and they have not changed with the times. I don't care who you put up, you can put Mickey Mouse as president, but if he ain't got the right people around him, he ain't gonna do a damn thing. And that's what people have to understand and realize. If you've got somebody that's got new blood. And you know you can put Donald Trump up there, you can put Hillary Clinton up there, Bernie Sanders, you know Ted Cruz, any of the, these guys in there. But if you got the same people in the House and Senate, you're not going to get anything accomplished. So, with that being said, you know we got to look. You know maybe we should look at some term limits on the House of Representatives and Senate. Sure. You, know, you you put some term limits on that. I think we'll see some change in this country. And what and everybody's you know some of these people that are backing Trump, saying that he's the perfect solution to this country. Trump has had has declared bankruptcy four times. Okay, yes he's got millions of dollars still, but he's declared bankruptcy four times. If you think the deficit is high now, and he's already had he's already been in bankruptcy four times, just imagine what he'll do if the people don't back him in the House of Representatives and the Senate. This country is going, and plus he doesn't. He already shown he don't know how to talk to anybody. He's talking about Mexicans going to pay for the wall, and I'm gonna go over there and blow these people up, and blow these people up, and blow that. People. I mean, you do that, and we're gonna have a war on our own home, own soil. You got to have some tax on this talking to your your allies and your enemies. You hope so. Your enemies. Yeah. So th- these, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of moving parts that a lot of people don't understand and realize. And 
that's why this vote is so important. And people have to really look and see what the candidates have to offer. And if they don't do that, you, you, can, you can, like I said, it doesn't matter who's in the in the driver's seat as far as president goes. We got to look at the, the the moving parts around the president. You know, they got to hire the right. You know, they have their own cabinet. The president has their own cabinet of people, vice president. You know, yada yada yada. But the House of Representatives, Senate, where everything is, that's where that's where your bread and butter is. And term limits is what we need in those two areas. And therefore, I think we'll see some change at that point. But businessman, I would like a military person in the presidency, if you ask me. Why is that? Because it seems like they know a little bit. They know about diplomacy. And in a country, and, and we, with all the terror and stuff that we have going on right now, we need somebody that knows diplomacy, somebody that can talk to enemies, somebody that can talk to our allies, and, you know, somebody that has some common sense. Um. They can talk to somebody. And the people we got running right now, I mean, Hillary Clinton doesn't really have any, she really doesn't have any military experience, but she's been in the, you know, the only re, only leg up she has is the fact that she saw what her husband has done. She still, she stayed in politics after he came out of the president presidency. So to me, she has a leg up, even though I know the Benghazi thing is something that, you know, they really hold over her head. But in all honesty, somebody else could have had that same issue. So really, the most qualified person that is running right now is actually Hillary Clinton. Bernie Sanders has a lot of great ideas on how to fix problems and get jobs over here and bring the deficit down. And that's why I think he's gaining so much momentum. And he's got a lot of, you know, he's he's getting close now. But... um, you really kind of you have to look at what each candidate has to offer, and and draw your own conclusion. But I would like a military person or somebody that has some sort of military background. You mean someone who has some type of discipline about them, and exactly. I I, I, I get what you're saying. I, I get what you're saying. Um, I I just think that I don't want I don't like career politicians. I know that. I do not like career politicians because those are the ones who get in, get embedded, and just kind of go with status quo. They have no interest in helping the people or anything of that nature. They get elected, and they spend their four years trying to get reelected. And so I would definitely prefer a businessman or a woman or, or anyone over a career politician, but unfortunately that's what it seems like we have the most of. So, all right, so we got these politicians, but all on TV – Multiple debates. Are the debates simply a money grab for TV revenue? I mean, does it really take as many debates to get to know a candidate? Well, since this really the candidates that are running, I guess, to any candidate that's running, I guess, to a certain extent, you really need to know about them. But this is my thing. We live in a technology age. If you want to know about a candidate, all you gotta do is go go to Google or go to go to your computer and find out what what they stand for. Um, pull up their political history and what they voted for, what they've turned, what they voted against. It's there on the computer to find out. Um, if you're fortunate enough to have a state that actually tells you two weeks prior to on in the newspaper or online or something like that, you know the candidates, what they've done, you know, 
how they how they stack up against each other. Um, Pensacola in Pensacola they do that. Um, a couple of weeks prior to a, a major election, they put the candidates on there who's running, it, whether they're the incumbent or the the you know the new person that's running. Can't think of the name of it right off. Or you know the independent person that may be running, maybe two or three or four candidates. Uh, or yeah, I, can't, I don't know all the independents. But they'll tell you all everything about who's running, and if you read those things, then you can kind of get a determination on who you should vote for, or if you you know how if you follow politics at all, you would know who to vote for. But really and truthfully, I mean this is something that I mean voting is very very important because you could be voting. I'm gonna give you an example. You could be voting for um, you know a lot of people just go to the polls. And just just vote. They may vote for something. You vote for the person that they look better than the other one, or they think that you know they listen to what somebody else said and they went in there and voted for them, or they may know them, went to school with them, or something like that, and not really know what they stand for. And that's not why you should vote. You should study the candidate and make sure you vote for the right thing. I give you a prime example of that. Um, a few years ago, homestead exempt, homestead exemption. It's an exemption that you get here on your taxes when you buy a new house, okay? Well, they almost voted out homestead exemption, I guess it was like eight or nine years ago, but it didn't, it didn't pass, but they had, it was pretty close. And homestead exemption for a new homeowner is a big deal here um, because, you know, you get money back. You know, you don't have to pay taxes at all on your house those first couple of years. Which is very, 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 very important. So, if you know, if the, a few more votes, that could have gone the other way, and there's no homestead exemption, you'd be paying out the ass in taxes, big time. So you got to know what you're voting for. So, when a major election is coming up, you need to study those those things because you could vote something out that's really a benefit to you if you're purchasing a home or your taxes, or one cent sales tax on gas to pay for school. You know, there's a lot of things that, you you know, you got to think about when you're voting instead of just voting for what the person looks like or who you think may be the better one. True. True that. True that. Okay. Well, um, there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of people just don't think about it, man. And... I mean, I won't ask who you're voting for because that's a privacy thing. But which candidate do you dislike the most and why? Who do I dislike the most? Yeah. Out of the candidates who running for president? Yeah. I don't like none of them, to be honest with you. Uh, but um, the only reason I'm saying Trump is simply because I don't think he has the tactfulness to, to run the country effectively. I know he's got a lot of business sense and so forth, and that, that serves him well. But the pay, you know, this guy is, you know, he's, he's um, the best way I can say this is he's preying on the uneducated. Um, he's actually hiring people to start a ruckus in his, um, in his uh, campaign speeches. You know, that he's going around uh, actually paying people to cause problems and get thrown out. And he's saying he's creating jobs. Okay, that's not very smart. Um, 
And, you know, these guys are getting thrown in jail. How much you pay them? $300, $500? Well, last time I checked, $500. <laughs> I mean, it may be some money, but it's not going to – it put a little bit of food on my table, but what's gonna pay, who's going to pay for that? You know, who's going to pay my bond to get me out of jail once I get thrown in for creating a ruckus at my campaign speech? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and plus, you know, he, you know, he always talks about the uneducated. Well, if you're a multimillion-dollar person, why would you be preying on the uneducated? If anything, you should be trying to get the uneducated educated, so therefore they can be like you. Last time I checked, I'd rather bring somebody up than kick dirt in somebody's face, and that's why I don't like Donald Trump. Okay. So I would pick him. And it is difficult, man. It is difficult. I don't like, I don't like Ted Cruz. I don't like him because he's, he's creepy. He comes off as very disingenuous, and I don't know. I mean, between him and Trump, I'm not. I don't know. God, that's tough. And I don't. I mean, the only one I really like is Bernie. I'm all right with with Bernie, and that's just sometimes. But uh, my goodness, I do not like Ted Cruz. Ooh, he just man. He, I just, I just feel like if he becomes president, he's going to hit some type of secret button, and all of these aliens are going to show up from his homeland and try to take the country hostage or something. Man, I just, it's just something about him that just gives me the shakes, man. I don't know what it is about him, but he's just not right. So I just keep thinking he's going to pull his face off and be a lizard underneath. So, I am not feeling that dude at all. On um, Facebook, and multi-guest, Brandon J. Flynn chimed, huh? I think you went back on that one. He's not part of V-Quincy, okay? I know where (laughs) you're going with that. Right. I'm glad somebody (laughs) caught up. On Facebook, Brandon J. Flynn chimed in from Memphis um, about the candidates playing dominoes, riding the subway and all that stuff. She says she can't play dominoes and she hates hot sauce. So she doesn't buy into all of that. And Brandy J. Flynn has been kind of recovering from a, a recent hospital visit that she's had. She's doing a lot better. So uh, thoughts and prayers go out to her to keep on doing what she's doing. I'm glad she's feeling a lot better. Most so, definitely. Most definitely. Yeah. And uh, there's a video out right now of this guy on top of a building. He's on top of a skyscraper on a hoverboard, and he's riding the hoverboard on the edge of the skyscraper and spinning around. And I I don't know. I I mean, I just heard about someone dying climbing a skyscraper just recently. So I guess this guy's trying to add himself to the list, standing on his hands on top of a hoverboard and spinning, spinning on a skyscraper. All right, three four seven two zero two zero two one five is the number. Going to take a quick break and well, a little over two minutes, and hear from my sponsor from Twiftless. Here's a dating app for those who just can't take it anymore. Dating is already difficult enough without dealing with your date paying attention to his or her phone more than you. Have you ever been in a restaurant with a new acquaintance and they're constantly picking up their phone? What could possibly be so interesting that they're willing to sacrifice time with you to like something on Facebook? It's time that you checked out Twiftless. Twiftless is an app for low to no social media users. 
find people who have more interest in people than they do in their phones. The term comes from twipping, which is defined as the act of using social media. That's when you're perusing or posting sites like Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, etc. Twiffing is the reason that we have social media prenuptial agreements today. And if you don't know what a social media prenup is, then Google it. <laughs> it's real. Twiffless is the first and only matchmaking dating app based on interest and social media usage. If you prefer someone who's online no more than four or five hours a day, then you can select that. But if you prefer someone who spends less than an hour online, you can request that too. They use a Twiffer meter algorithm that will compare the chemistry between individuals with emphasis on the time spent on social media. Now, keep in mind that they are not eliminating social media users from the app. Everyone is welcome because we all use social media in one way or another. If it's just looking at our friend's Facebook page or whatever the situation may be. Being the best dating app in the digital world is not only their goal, but arranging successful long-term relationships and instant proximity dating opportunities is part of their plan, too. The beauty of this niche, social media, is not just limited to the U.S. The frustration of twiffing while on a date or in a relationship is being felt around the world. However, in order to make this amazing app happen, they need your support. This is what I need my T2Q listeners to do. Go over to kickstarter.com and search for Twiffless. T-W-I-F-L-E-S-S. Your pledge can not only help finish development and distribution of this amazing application, but it could score you some rewards at the same time. The bigger your pledge, the bigger the offering you'll get in return from a t-shirt to free VIP membership up to a year. Visit Kickstarter and search for Twiffless. You can also find the link over at my website at talktoq.com or in my email newsletter. Just let them know when you make your pledge that you heard it here on the Talk to Q radio show and you'll get something special. Thanks a lot. Hi, this is Aaron Anderson of the Marriage and Family Clinic at RelationshipRx.net and you're listening to the Talk to Q radio show, No Experts, Just Opinions. put me on to that song back in the mid-90s of my clubbing days. All right, let's get right back to it. Again, 347-202-0215 is the number on the Top to Q radio show. And, Buck, you know, some people just don't value relationships like others. I'm the type of guy, when I meet someone, I'm meeting a person with the intent of somewhere down the line us 
reconnecting on a business level, personal level, networking level, something. But every person that I meet, I get that person's name, shake that person's hand, and make eye contact. I'm hoping that somewhere down the line we can be of benefit to one another. I mean, if if not, what's the purpose of meeting someone? But there's some people who just want to keep their circle small. They're not interested in um, getting with other people, you know, no new friends and everything. So let me ask you, do you, do you enjoy the occasional company of people um, or new people, or do you always prefer to be alone? I enjoy people. I mean, I think we all do to a certain extent. Um, every, but everybody knows, everybody's got to know the limitations, a la uh, Clint Eastwood. But um, man, got to know his limitations. Everybody got to know his limitations. But um, I mean, there, I mean, back in my younger days, I mean, and even now, even, I mean, there, and there's just some times where you just want to get out and then just you know go to the movies and be on your own. But there's also times that you want to have somebody with you. Um, I prefer nowadays to have somebody with me, um, not because I'm clingy or anything like that. I just I, I want to share my life with somebody. If that makes sense, um, it's a whole lot it's a whole lot better with somebody than it is without. Um, everybody needs that quiet time, you know, their alone time and so forth like that. You know, there may be a time where you want to come home and, you know, you may want to break out an old school video game and just you know bust out, you know, play some old Madden or play, you know. You know, play anything, no matter what it is. It could be, you know, or just go jump on the bike, go ride, or, you know, run to the gym or something like that. But there are there are times where you just want to, you know, cuddle up with somebody, you know, cuddle up with that special someone that you have and, you know, share your life with that person or go, you know, go out on, a, you know, get in the car and just go drive somewhere that you don't typically go and mm. just go have a good time and come back. It's, it's a whole lot better to share your life with someone that you really care about versus being by yourself. Okay, I mean, what about like on a friendship level? Even if it's not necessarily a significant other, I mean, do you would you prefer to hang out with a homie as opposed to hitting a sports bar by yourself or something like that? Well, if you're in town, you know you you know we we got to roll to a sports bar, or do something <laughs> like that. So I'd much rather roll with my home my, my homie man and and you know hang out. You know that was Shoot, you know, I'm, that's I'm cool, trying to but, hit. I'm trying to do gallery nights in, in May while you're talking. Nah, he better do it. Better do it soon because September they're not going. They're going to cut it out from what I understand. Oh, so, right. But that's that's definitely something that you definitely want to come to. But um, for for me, I mean, you know, hanging out with my homeboys that's cool. But I was, you know, I was still, you know, I guess you go through seasons if that makes sense. I mean, there's times where that you want to be by yourself, but there's also times that you want to be with somebody. And, and, and it, it's seasons. Everybody has their, their seasons. And, you know, I mean, you know, that's what you have to kind of pay attention to, you know, um, if that makes sense. Okay. All right. So, I, and I, I get that. I mean, me personally, I always enjoy the company of people. The only time I want to be alone is just if I'm just tired. But um, exactly. do you think that people take relationships like, you know, friends, family, neighbors, et cetera, for granted more so today than they did, you know, 25 years ago? To a certain extent, yes. I think now we've, the way society is now when it comes to neighbors and, and, and 
friends and so forth. We're living in a different time, a different age, where people are just not as nice as they used to be. Um, huh. I'll give you a prime example. One of, one of the ladies that I know here was complaining that she was walking her dog, and the neighbor said, don't let your dog pee on my, piss on my tree. Uh-huh. And it was it was it was a raggedy bush, but the lady didn't want the dog peeing on the bush. Well, the the bush has no relevance. It was barely in the woman's yard. It was like close to the street, and she had weeds growing up around it. But the fact that the lady was so nasty about it, she had to say something on Facebook about it. And I said, "Well, I'm sorry." You know, she goes, "No wonder her husband sits in the damn yard and be looking at me strange every time I come back here with my dog." She goes, "I uh-huh. figured you should be able to walk the dog without being harassed." Well, I agree with that. And when you live in a neighborhood, you want to have nice neighbors. You don't want somebody to be. I've been on the other side of that where I had shitty neighbors. Um, when I first moved here to Pensacola, I had one that, you know, supposedly was Christian, quote, unquote. And they They're were more, more like Christian. You know, they were more like the devil or anything. We were playing basketball. I was teaching my, my older two stepsons how to play basketball, and we lived at the end of the cul-de-sac. And we, you know, go on basketball, and it's like 6.30 in the evening. Sun's out, having a good time. And they come outside raising hell, talking about we shouldn't be bouncing the ball so late in the evening. It's 6.30. I'm quite sure you you just drove up in the yard. You didn't get in the bed. You're in there cooking, and the dribbling of basketball should not be an issue. Two weeks later, I ended up getting a letter from the county saying that I was that I was violating the noise ordinance uh. by dribbling a basketball. So I had to move my basketball goal out of the out of the cul-de-sac and put it into the driveway, which only had a singular driveway and one car garage. But I had to move the basketball, and eventually I had to move the basketball goal all the way to the fence because they wanted me to dribble the basketball on the grass and not on the concrete. I mean, and this is a neighbor who may at some point need you to report a fire or a burglary or, burglary or something of that nature. So I was, it's, getting, it's a, I was getting to that. I was getting to that. So, you know, we didn't talk to them for a while. So next thing, uh, I guess it was about maybe five months later, the lady comes up and knocks on my door and asks me, could I put these flowers up at my job so I can – help them sell their house. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you want me to put your flowers for your house for sale after you made me, after you called the county and made me move my basketball guard? I guess you thought you'd be happy for her account? to move. <laughs> yeah, I was. But I was like, you know, I took the flowers, but I threw them in the trash. Uh, bottom line, I mean, That's you fine. know, the, why are you going to come to me after you've caused so much ruckus where I can't even play basketball I mean, we've all seen basketball goals in the damn cul-de-sac and people playing basketball. Come on. Click your heel three times, come back to Kansas, Dorothy. Come on. It's no, it's no excuse to come out. And you're supposed to be church people. So, but yeah, that's the neighbor that, I live next to, my neighbor I live next to now, let me borrow a trailer to help me move my furniture to the house where I didn't have to get a U-Haul. So, you know, it's, it's pretty cool to be on that, that side of it versus being – on the other side of it. So I feel you on that. Let me go to the two four eight area code. The motor city of Detroit to welcome on the author, the show hostess, the show legend, Crystal Hickerson. What's up, Chris? Thank you, how are you? 
I am outstanding. How are you? How are you doing? Hi. Hey, Buck. All right. Crystal, let me ask you this question from the women's perspective, then I'll hit Buck up from the men's perspective. Do you think there are a lot of single women today because they don't value relationships with men? I mean, I know it's kind of a vague question, but just from the surface, um, do you think that I'm not talking about the ones, of course, that have just been dogged out, but the one who may have come across some really nice men, but the men aren't who they want, so they don't even fool with them, not even from a networking perspective or a friend perspective. They just don't value relationships with men, maybe even a father figure or someone in the community. Um, that's an odd question, um, but um, I think that's uh, – I don't see how – they could not be um, a little, you know, bitter or something has happened to them for them to have that thought process. I mean, there has to be a reason why they don't value men or relationships. I mean, there's always a reason. So, um, so as far as on a general level, uh, no, I don't think it's that they don't value men is the reason why they're single or the majority of the women who are single. I don't think that's why they're single. Okay. Okay. Maybe I could have phrased that question a little differently. Uh, Buck, what about when it comes to baby daddies? Um, Do we have a lot of baby daddies because they don't value their relationship with the women they father kids with? A lot of that. Yes. Um, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so easy for some people? And I, and I, again, I mean, I know this is just scratching the surface of a huge topic, but why do you think it's so easy for some people to just walk away like that? Because you, you know, they just really could care less about the mother and her feelings. Well, you got to look at it like this. We got to look at what what society has put upon us. Um, we don't value the family as a whole. Um, I mean, you got broken families. Typically, you're going to end up having a broken family when you grow up, unfortunately. Um, it's not always the case, but it's in a lot of the cases because the, the best way to ex- explain it is monkey see, monkey do. If you grow up in a broken home, then the chances are you being in a broken, you know, broken home is going to be pretty great. Um, and somewhere along the line, somebody's got to, you know, stop the vicious cycle. It's up to that singular parent, whoever that parent may be, to, to teach value because somewhere down the line you may have parents that were married 50 or 60 years or a uncle that, an uncle and aunt that was married 50 or 60 years. Uh, I know you're seeing less and less of that in today's time, but there's somewhere down the line that w- there was some genuine family and the family structure must be taught. And if, you, if it's never taught, then – that's why it's so easy in today's time where they, you know, the guy just says, or the girl in some cases just say, hey, you know, you know, they leave, the girl may leave the kid with the, with the man or the man may leave the kid with the woman, and, you know, there's no values taught. There's no guidance. So that's why you see it's so easy now that you see so many single parents raising their kids. Some of it is by design. Some of it isn't. So you, you you can't you know you just somewhere down the line somebody's got to be smart enough to say hey this is what we need to do here to you need to 
you need to bring kids up if you're, you know, like Crystal and myself, where you have to teach family values. And if you don't teach those family values, then your your youngins will go up and they'll be going down the same path you do. And you always want your kids to be in a better position than what you were. So in order for them to reach their goals and be successful, then they have we have to do as parents, whether we have help or whether we don't, teach those values. Therefore, you know, they can grow up in a household that's not broken, and that'll be better for them, and it'll be better for us too. All right, well, Crystal, um, all right, I mean, on Facebook you see a lot of people that talk about they keep their circle small. Okay, kind of keep people out of their lives to a certain extent. And two, I kind of understand to a certain point what they mean. But do you think that it's being applauded now when people make statements like that to, you know, I keep my circle small, I only fool with this, you know, people who fool with me or whatever the situation is, no new friends or whatever. Do you think that that's being applauded now and it's something that people actually celebrate as opposed to maybe just wanting to be, uh, I guess, more open or more willing to network or whatever the situation may be? Um, I think the concept is, um, of course, probably a good concept to have as far as... Uh-huh. Uh, I don't think it means that you're closed off. I just think it means that you you only surround yourself with people you trust. And I think that's something that um, is not just a modern thing. I think it's something that we all, you know, like our parents and the people before that and before and before, that's what you did. You, you know, you took care of your own. And you protected your own. And, um, and that was the safest way to be. And I think that um, what happens is the opposite of that is people who, you know, they're always out and about. They're telling their business. They're talking to this person. They're talking to this person. Um, They're bringing in, they're having, you know, like lots of quote-unquote friends where they have parties and all this stuff. And people, part of those parties or people who are always around you aren't necessarily have your best interest at heart. Uh-huh. And usually you can count on your hand the number of people who actually do. So I think that statement is a good statement and it's probably something good to live by, but I think that's what they mean is that I'm just going to trust the people, just a few people instead of just, you know, trusting anybody. It doesn't mean that I'm not open. It just means that, you know, and I, my, my I, close friends are the ones I trust. I think that's a very eloquent and mature way of putting it. That's not the vibe I get when I see it, when people make statements on IG or Facebook uh, regarding that. But I I like how you explained it. I think that's the way it should be taken. I just don't know if that's what people mean when they say it. Uh, But I totally agree with what what you just said. It makes a lot of sense. But so... I guess my thing is when it comes to valuing relationships, I, I like I said, I don't take relationships for, for granted. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Um, when I meet people, uh, again, it's with the intent of somewhere down the line, 
we can benefit from us knowing one another. Uh, there are not too many places in this country that I'll go, and I don't know people, okay, to where if nothing else, I know you well enough to ask a question to get around town or something of that nature. And I think that type of relationship can benefit people in so many ways when it comes to school. And, Buck, I'll ask you this, and I know both of you are parents, but I'll ask you because I know you have a younger kid. I mean, how do you think the relationships that you have with your teachers, um, your kids' teachers and things of that nature can affect their education? I mean, can a good relationship with the teacher maybe somehow subconsciously mm-hmm. – Give them, you know, make them give your kid that extra push to to be better than what they are. Well, I mean, regardless to whether you're, you know, whether you're parenting parenting together or parenting separate, parents have to be on the same page when it comes to education with your kid. And my my son, my youngest child, Sean Jr., is the prime example of it. Um, my ex was having some some very big difficulties with Sean, and Sean has had these same difficulties throughout his school throughout school. Simply because Sean just simply forgets to turn in some stuff sometimes. He'll he'll just put it down or put it in his desk and forget to complete it. And, you know, thank God for the Internet because we can take a, I can take a look at it from here. And my ex does not have Internet at home right now. So it's up to me to kind of – she has it on her phone, but she doesn't have it at home. So it's up to me to, since, you know, to kind of look and see what he's doing because I can see all his, his homework assignments, his classwork assignments, his test grades. I can see all of that as it happens on a day-to-day basis. So if he has something missing, then what we do, what I do is I call my ex and say, hey, he's missing this, or I'll call Sean and tell him, hey, look, you're missing this, you're missing this. Why is this missing? You know, and therefore we're working together as a unit. No, I'm not talking um, about you he, and the ex. I'm talking about the, the relationship with the teacher. Well, if I have a, if I have a question, which I def- definitely had a question about a missing assignment, he said that was from his um, from last nine weeks. It was actually from this nine weeks, and he said, no, no, he just didn't want to do it. And I said, no, this from I, I called his teacher on Monday and uh, left her a message. She gave me a call back and said, no, that's due this nine weeks. And she goes, if he'll go ahead and turn it in, I'll give him credit for it. So my ex didn't get a chance to do that, so she asked me to do it, so I did it. You know, but I, and it's it's very important, you know, to be. I don't. You had your the other parent that's watching the child has to be on the same page with you. So therefore, if she wants you to call the teacher, or if you see something on a missing assignment and she doesn't have time to get to it, or he doesn't have time to get to it, then it's up to the other the other parent to call the teacher if if it's a question about an assignment. And therefore, the, the teachers know that you're on the same page with the child. So, I, you know, if it works that good, great. It doesn't always work that good, but you know, you got to have an understanding for it, and you got to be on the same page. If you know, whether it be, you know, I'm in a different state. I'm two thousand miles away, but it works because then that that, that Sean know, hey, we're not letting him slide. Okay, and. Let's see. We're going to take a quick break and come back with something that I thought was a very weird story, and I'll I'll ask you all's opinion on that. But uh, we're going to take, well, I guess a couple of minutes, and we'll be back with more Talk to Q Radio Show. 
the book is a true story about the daily battles between a teenager and her Christian mom because the mom wanting her to become a Christian and following the Christian path, doing a lot of uh, things the correct way, and the teenager just wanted to remain a teen in a teen's world, staying relevant, and doing what teens think they should be doing, hanging out, partying, having a good old time. Um, this caused a lot of uh, mistrust and misjudgment and bias to step into their relationship, and it caused them to drift apart. Uh, it took the mother continuously talking and preaching to her kids about the values in, in being a decent human being and, and you know, guidance, uh, continuously speaking about guidance and, you know, going the right way. Not necessarily, you know, being in church, but, you know, being a decent human being, the right things to do, you know, what is not considered right just so that they can stay on the correct path in life it caused them to bump head a lot and it wasn't until years later the teen started realizing what the mother was doing she actually realized that the mother did love her after all and everything the mother tried to do for her was for her own benefit and it was then the teenager started appreciating the mom and they started finding common ground um, they, start, they were able to laugh, talk, smile, and have meaningful conversations. The only regret the teen had was not being able to recognize this much sooner. Just to say, thank you, Mom. I now feel that you're a good mom. So that's what the book is all about. The book, When Time Unexpectedly Runs Out, you can check it out on Amazon, When Time Unexpectedly Runs Out. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. All right, this story I just thought was kind of kind of weird, but I guess someone just didn't have anything better to do. And Smartress is a product from a Spanish country company called Dermet, and it uses an ultrasound ultrasonic sensor to detect when two people are essentially having sex on the bed. It will ping your phone to inform you of this fact. So, if your significant other is getting it on in the bed and you're not home, and you get a notification on your phone that your bed is being used, um, essentially, that gives you the heads up to rush home and try to catch him or her in the act. Very crazy. But, uh, you know, this is something that's been invented. This is the society we live in now. First of all, Crystal, let me just get your overall impression of this bed. It can detect when someone is having sex on it and it hits your phone up. I, I mean, is this silly? Is it useful? How do you feel about it? I think it's useful for idiots who are in relationships so they have to go to this level to prove that the person is sleeping with someone. I mean, if you have to go to that level, then they are sleeping with someone. You know that. So it's stupid. <laughs> That's all I can say. Buck, what do you think, man? This is outrageous. <laughs> um, 
I agree with Crystal on this. If you got to go to these kind of extremes, then you shouldn't be with that person in the first place. So, um, granted, I mean, so you you, you wouldn't date someone who what if you you started dating someone and you found out they owned a bed like this? Well, I mean, it'd be a little bit weird, but you know, you got to be on your p's and q's. But at the same time, my thing is this. I mean, you're supposed to be able to have some some sort of trust in a relationship. If you got to go to these kind of extremes and measures, then this is not somebody you should be with in the first place. So it's time to bounce. But I mean, everybody got to make money, and this is—I mean, whoever the person that invented this, obviously wants to make money, and we can make it. It just goes to show you in 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 our great United States of America, you can have the dumbest idea on the planet and make millions of dollars. <laughs> And, and, and my thing is this: we know this is a stupid. This is very, very stupid. But at the same time, he's very, very smart to come up with this motherfucking shit because he, he obviously been met. You know, somebody been been pissing his Kool Aid on more than one occasion. So he said, "I'm gonna put a stop to it." And I know some other people are thinking the same thing. So my hats off to him for coming up with this dumbass idea. But he's making <laughs> he's making that money. <laughs> I mean, Crystal, how far should a person go to protect themselves, though? I mean, at what point does being cautious turn into paranoia? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? I didn't hear you. I said, how far should a person go to protect themselves? At what point does being cautious about your feelings turn into paranoia? You should leave them as soon as you think that they are. Cheating. If you can't deal with it, then leave. Be with somebody else. Okay. I, mean, I don't. I don't believe in wasting time with that. It's just so stupid. It's a waste of energy. I mean, if you're married, maybe that's one thing to investigate. And of course, if you're married, it may be good, so you can, you know, sue them, so you can get some, you know, information mm-hmm. for the divorce. But. If you're not married, I mean, just leave. Move on. Look to the next person. Okay. And, Buck, what do you think, man? I mean, how far will you go to protect your feelings? Do you think you should just, like Crystal says, if you feel funny, just bounce? I think it's, I think in today's time that's what exactly what you have to do. Um, right. I mean, this, you know, we have to look at what really is time. Once you get into your 40s, you have less time to fool, you know, you got, you know, time is of the essence. Um, so my thing is don't waste time. Time is the one thing they don't make more of. So my time value. If you're going to play with me then, and, and do me wrong, then it's time to bounce. Point blank, period. Okay. I um, I agree with you all. I mean, I, I don't have a lot of patience as it is, but I definitely think if – if you have to try to guess if something is going on, just walk away. It's just so much easier to just go on with your life, let them go on with theirs, and figure out whatever it is they want, and uh, let the next person deal with them. Let it be their problem. So, but this mattress, Smartress, uh, it's very creative. It's very creative. Uh, I just don't know. I just don't know if it's practical. I mean, because. Someone can have sex on the floor next to the mattress. They're not going to know. <laughs> I mean, if someone knows you had a type of mattress, they're just not going to have sex in your bed. They're going to bend them over a couch or put them on the kitchen counter or do something like that. 
but they're not going to put them in the bed. They're just going to have sex, sex somewhere else. So you have to pay for this ex- expensive mattress and not have your significant other know about it and then hope that they don't have sex on your floor beside the bed. I mean, it's just too much. It's a, it's a waste of money. To the person that created it, probably making five, 6000 off every mattress, more power to you. But I just don't see the, the, the purpose of it. It just ain't kind of stupid to me. But, all right, one last topic I want to get into before we shut this down. There have been, since Mississippi passed House Bill 1523, which I think is effective July 1st, which will put all kinds of restrictions on LGBT and if they can celebrate weddings a certain way, if transgenders can go into certain bathrooms. and It's more of a religious freedom act is how they're spending it, but it really hits hard against the LGBT community. And so different cities across the country and states have been issuing travel bans to Mississippi. Unless it's just absolutely necessary, you are not allowed to travel to the state of Mississippi. I mean, we've had uh, the city of Seattle has done it. Uh, I think Boston has done it. Toledo, Ohio, just I've seen probably at least 10 to 15 cities across the country that have issued travel bans to not come to Mississippi to spend your money because we are a discriminating state. All right? That's that's pretty much what's being said. But, Crystal, let me ask you this. And this is something um, ML Squire brought up on his Facebook page, and he asked a very important question. Haven't there been more egregious, I guess, incidents in Mississippi that should have prompted some type of travel ban prior to this law? I mean, is it just the LGBT community that can pull something like this together, yet anything that happens on a racial side of of things don't seem to get the same type of attention? Well, first of all, um, yeah, there is plenty of reasons not to go to Mississippi and I can name several which is why I don't go there um, and the the fact of it being you know you know why now and not before when other things were going on well they're a very strong group you know that's just it I mean the LGBT community is not just one small faction it's not just blacks or women or mm-hmm. men it, it is the combination Everybody. of all races, um, anyone who happens to be, you know, gay or identifies transsexual or whatever um, their identity is, and those who support. So um, that's a vast amount of people. So yeah. that's why their voice is so strong. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's just a huge voting group, and they are very united. So... Yeah, that's why. All right, so it's more or less a, I guess, a finger that points at minorities as far as not being able to organize and get things done. I mean, there are a lot of us who have the opportunities to, I mean, it's enough minorities in Mississippi to make a difference, but, I mean, so we're just not organized enough is what you're, you're saying? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Buck, how do you feel about it, man? How do you feel about, you know, 
everyone travels to Mississippi, everything is cool until someone offends the LGBT community. And I'm not hating on them. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. You know, they're making a statement. And uh, so that's what they're doing. I just, why is it that all of a sudden travel <clears throat> stops when you've had black people, you know, hung from trees? I mean, pretty much within our lifetime almost. Well, you got to look at it like this. Black people don't stand together. And that's the reason why we can't ever get nothing accomplished. In the LGBT, LGBT community, they stand together. They stand united. And that's why they get things done. Uh, if you know, And look, when it all comes down to it, it don't matter whether you're black, white, Chinese, Indian, or Haitian, money is green, Jack. And this is what it's about. And when you discriminate against these LGBT communities, these guys got a lot of money. So they spend it. And when... They work in your factories, when they work at your stores, when they work at, have your own businesses, and yada, yada, yada. you got 10 states right now that are, you know, issued, that have issued travel bans to Mississippi. Well, some of those LGBTs are going to a Nissan plant. They're going to your, you know, your insurance companies and all that kind of stuff. If my workers can't get there, then what are they going to do? They're going to move their companies out of Mississippi, which I knew this was going to happen. And you got a dumbass governor that don't, you know, making these rules because these are his views. And you can't, I mean, if that's why you have to look at who you're voting for. So Mississippi is getting, in a lot of ways, they're getting what they deserve because they're voting for dumbass people because they're not, you know, you know, they're not making the right decision when they go into the polls. Now you got a clown in here that's making all kinds of rules, and he's screwing up the state and putting the state back 50 years or 100 years. And, and all, this, all the stuff in Mississippi is done in, the, in, you know, getting, you know, this is going to affect the gambling community. And, you know, Mississippi is the second largest gambling capital in the United States next to Las Vegas. It's bigger than Atlantic City. Who would ever thought that from a little cotton State, you know, pig and cotton state. Now you got, now you're going to hurt your gambling. You're going to hurt, you know, you're going to hurt your industry. You're going to hurt all kinds of businesses and things of that nature by making this stupid law because it's something that you believe in. Granted, we can't make that judgment call. The people that are in the LGBT community, that call has to be made by the man upstairs. That's who they're going to deal with. We can't make. We have to. We have to humble ourselves and be able to get along with everybody. And it's going to cost the state of Mississippi millions, billions, trillions of dollars by doing something stupid like this. And you know, it may cost Mississippi more than just that. I don't know. We'll find out soon enough. Um, Mississippi has thirty-seven percent of Mississippi's population are uh, black, 37% of the 3 million people in this state. Um, the LGBT, according to the last census, has about 6,200 households, same-sex households in the state, but, you know, that's my, not going to probably be accurate because most people probably wouldn't want to divulge that information in a racist and uh, discriminating state anyway. But... The the highest percentage of African Americans in a U.S. state is in Mississippi. You know, so it's like there are plenty of black people here, 
but they're just not coming together enough to make a difference. And so, I don't know. I mean, I, I give the LGBT community, like Crystal said, they represent everyone. Um, you know, whether it's white, rich, poor, whatever. But they come together and they are very disruptive when it comes to, you know, getting things done and getting their agenda pushed. But, man, when it comes to black people, man, we will march until our shoes are worn out. But nothing ever gets done because you have some people marching and you have some other black people complaining about the ones that are marching and holding up traffic. It's like we will not work together to save our necks. All right, um, tomorrow, during the zone coverage thing, talking sports, we'll talk a little NBA playoffs, preview the NFL draft just a little bit, maybe discuss some boxing. That's tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, on the Talk to Q Radio show. Next Tuesday, we'll be back with more current events and relationship topics. Uh, Tuesday at 9 p.m., go to talktoq.com. To get more information, there's a show calendar there that I'm going to update this evening. And you can sign up for the email newsletter and get an email in your inbox letting you know what the show is going to be about on that particular night and how you can listen. Okay? All of this is brought to you by Foreverletter.life, my official sponsor. Okay. Final thoughts, and you can just... I, I'll throw this question in as a bonus, but, you know, tonight we've talked about do you think your presidential candidate should be likable, valuing relationships, the smartress and travel bans, but I also want to ask you, do you think there should be a prom uh, dress code? Should kids be restricted with what they wear to the prom? And you can just throw that in if you want. But, Buck, I'll start with you. Great show, great show tonight. Um, great diversity in, in the in the topics tonight, um, I, I think you know when it comes to presidential candidates, they must be likable. But you got to know what they stand for. Um, do your research. Um, all these candidates have a, have a track record, and that track record must be taken in consideration when you before you punch the button or write in your vote your or what have you. Um, you. You need to look at their body of work before we you just pick one. You can't just pick one by what they said or how you know or what they've done, you got to look at a body of work of what they present and, and how you think they would lead this country effectively. Um, and we also need to look at term limits, but that's a whole other damn show by itself. Um, as far as the state of Mississippi goes, when you got 10, you already got 10 cities that were issued travel bans, that I hope that that opens up the eyes of the governor of y'all, of, of my state that I grew up in, but it may not and ultimately, it's going to cost the state millions of dollars, and it's going to set the state back further. It's going to set it back to the Stone Age. Um, it's just not smart. So uh, somebody needs to step up and, um, you know, make things, you know, get rid of this law because it's stupid. And, um, you know, if that's how you want to run the state, then maybe you should be impeached, whoever the governor's, governor's name is in Mississippi is the way it is now. Um, um, Phil Bryant. Phil Bryant. He can sound like he sound like one of them damn sheep heads. Anyway, <laughs> I said sheep, not shit. I know, but <laughs> they're kind of one and the same. So. Um. Also, um, as far as prom, I, I'll say a little something on that. 
Um, um, in my, in, I don't know. I mean, we didn't have this issue when we were coming up, but if that's gotten to the point to where there should be a dress code and prom, then I don't know, man. I mean, it sounds kind of weird to me, but I mean, common sense should come into play. You come to prom, you ain't supposed to be wearing something that's too revealing or anything like that. That's supposed to be a night you're supposed to be dressed to impress. But I guess, you know, we live in an age of baggy pants and, and, and shorter than days you do. So, with that being said, I guess there needs to be a dress code. So, we'll just leave it like that. But great show tonight. Um, I'm glad to be a part of it. And everybody enjoy the rest of the week who are not joining us tomorrow for zone coverage like Crystal should be, talking about them Detroit Lions and the Pistons. But everybody have a great night. All right. Thank you, sir. And Crystal should... The prom have a dress code. Also, you can address travel mans, the smartest value in relationships, or if you think your candidates for office should be likable or you should be able to relate to them some kind of way, or you just want someone who looks like they know what they're doing. Okay. Well, I want someone who actually knows what they're doing and not look like it. Um, whether or not they should be likable. Uh, yeah, like someone you can have a beer with. You know, Hillary Clinton yeah. carries hot sauce in her purse allegedly and plays dominoes and ooh, she rode the subway or Bernie Sanders rode the subway. Bill Clinton played the saxophone. Yeah, you know, um, no. I don't think they should be likable. I don't think it should matter. I think if the byproduct of them being likable um is their personality or whatever that you gather from them, then that's fine. But that shouldn't be the goal. However, the reason why politicians do this is because they know that half of the, or most of their voters are not caring about the um, political, you know, what they're doing. They they don't know that much about it. (coughs) They don't know that much about foreign affairs. They don't know that much about, you know, um, taxes or running uh, a state or running a government. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, they have to appeal to them and on on their level. So that's why they do it. They know that it is a popularity contest, you know, pretty much. So that's why they do that, um, and that's unfortunate. But it is what it is. That's why Trump is still in the game because it's a popularity contest, and he's yeah. winning when it comes to popularity. Um, as far as um, the prom, uh-huh. I think there should be a, a, um, a dress code. <laughs> However, well, actually, there already is a dress code. Um, it's formal, formal um, uh-huh. dress attire, black tie. But I think what you're alluding to is um, whether or not they should have, you know, step it up a little bit and say, okay. Our dress code is black tie, and this means you can't have this, you can't wear this, you can't, you know. Or you can't reveal 80% of the skin in your body. Right, or, you know, turn your Louis Vuitton bag into a dress. Kind of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's up to the school, uh, what they want to do. And, but, so I think that um, if I was a part of that committee 
in a school, then I would say, yes, you have to have a dress code. Um, <coughs> you are still underage. Um, half of them are, even if some of them are maybe 18. But, you're, you know, we're going to have a certain type of decorum here. And we want everybody to look nice. And these are pictures you will remember for the rest of your life, you know, if you choose to attend. Mm-hmm. Now, you can have your own party. If you want to do something later or on another night, a senior's private party, then you can do whatever you want. But at the school that we are paying for and the parents or whatever, you know, are contributing to, this is what we're going to have. So, yeah, personally, I would want them to dress a certain way and eliminate a lot of crap, you know, but that's me. And it may not be, they may not want to do that, of course, because it takes away their freedom of expression or whatever. Yeah, but whatever yeah, that I is. Definitely have a, I would definitely have a dress code. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, ma'am. I appreciate you coming on and hope that cough gets better. But thank you for joining in as well, sir. And I want to thank all of you for listening to tonight's Talk to Q radio show. The show can be heard live every Tuesday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Just go to TalkToQ.com for a calendar of events. You can also sign up for the email newsletter there. Thanks to my sponsors, uh, my official sponsor, ForeverLetter.life. Thanks to Twiftless. Thanks to Corinda Chapman for her book, When Time Unexpectedly Runs Out. You can get it on Amazon. And also thanks to Sarantos Malosia. He has dropped another song in which he's doing this for these, um, his charity, this go-around is for St. Jude's. You know, a lot of times he releases new songs and proceeds go to St. Jude's when you download the songs. Um, you can see the video on YouTube. Just search for Sorrentos Malosia, and the name of the song is called, song is called Dreamer. Uh, so it's S-A-R-A-N-T-O-S. Malosia, M-E-L-O-G-I-A. Here is his new song, Dreamer, which he is debuting here on the Talk to Q radio show for St. Jude's Hospital. So check him out. Everyone have a good night. Peace out.
love will always 